This is why I need a mic early, guys. <laughs> I'll be your mic early. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 10 of the Erasable Podcast. I am your host for this episode. Uh, I am Andy Welfley, and I am joined, uh, as always, by my co-hosts, uh, the guys who have left an indelible uh, mark on my heart and soul. Uh, that would be Johnny and Tim, uh, Johnny Gamber and Tim Wassum. Hey, guys. And I'm crying Hello. now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm feeling a little weepy. <laughs> we, um, I'm, I'm feeling a little, well, you're feeling weepy. I'm feeling a little bit sheepish because this is actually take two of the episode. Um, I at first wasn't going to mention it, but I think I will just because I need to shame myself and not doing this again. Uh, we got about 40 <laughs> minutes through and then we, uh, we realized I did not hit the record button on Audio Hijack Pro. So, uh, Mike Hurley, if you are listening, I want to know if this has ever happened to you because I do not feel like a professional podcaster right now. <laughs> um, I am actually joined, uh, we are joined, uh, not in the studio because we are recording from our respective, uh, Houses, states, states. Um, we are joined by a very special guest. Um, we have Anna Reinert from the well-appointed desk with us today. Uh, hey, Anna. Hi, guys. She is a uh, she's a Hi, blogger Anna. who. Oh man, she she posts really cool stuff. I mean, she posts about pencils. She has uh, office supplies. She has old staplers, old antique office supplies. Um, I was, will, yeah. I was say I was talking to my earlier today i was talking to her about recording tonight and was like giddy talking about having on on i'm like we're having like one of the biggest pen pencil stationary bloggers in the country on tonight <laughs> i was all pumped okay up. you guys are real... totally making me blush <laughs> <laughs> so uh she's been a guest on um uh the pen attic before in fact um when mike was out you um you co-hosted with brad didn't you i did and that's actually the second time we've done that that's cool i think it's an annual tradition yeah so I have to say that when we found out that the Pen Act was taking a hiatus and there was some kind of switch coming on, I texted Andy and said, well, basically along the lines of maybe Mike's leaving. And if Mike leaves, I wonder if Anna will take over as the co-host because that would have <laughs> been really exciting. I would feel so bad. <laughs> I'd feel so guilty. I'd feel like Mike would never speak to me again. Yeah. Well, I, I assumed it wouldn't be because Brad was kicking Mike out. But, you know. <laughs> Uh, you know, I've always sensed just a, a huge, like, blood feud between the two of them. Like, I can always tell they really don't like each other. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just making that up, guys. Totally making that up. No. <laughs> um, all right. So um, we'll, uh, we'll get on with it. Um, I guess the customary first question that we, we always ask is, what are you drinking slash writing with? Um, and, uh, Anna, what, what about you? I am working on a gin and tonic with New Amsterdam. And yeah. I am writing in a Palomino uh, notebook with my General's Cedar Point. That's awesome. And we're all probably uh, working on our, I don't know, like six drinks by now since <laughs> since we actually are 40 minutes in. Um, no. Uh, Johnny, how about you? Um, I have a Derwent graphic pencil here in HB, which is very lovely. Uh, a matching black bandana-covered Word notebook. And I'm also having a gin and tonic. Yeah. With a very huge hunk of lime. <laughs> from a diaper bag. It was from a diaper bag. <laughs> he told us earlier that he found some limes in his diaper bag. That's awesome. <laughs> um, I, I figured you would be drinking a podcaster since it's now a world-famous world famous drink. I'm out of cherry juice. Oh, no. Or the, the jar of juices. <laughs> the other thing we were talking about is that uh, every episode, Johnny should provide us with a new uh, themed cocktail. 
And uh, one for next week. Yeah. Oh yeah. We we totally need to get on get on the ball with this, Johnny. We need to come up with a no blot too. Yeah. Like, Anna was on to that something. Was something like uh, some cherry pepper or some cherry pepper or a banana pepper in there, muddled up. Mm. You leave an indelible mark on your throat. <laughs> <laughs> the um, well, I, I, Anna's idea was that what was it, Anna? Since it's it's blue. Maybe blue curacao. Oh yeah. Yeah. We'll have, to, we'll have to think about this. If we don't drink it during the episode, we can at least come up with it and put it in the show notes or something. Um, <laughs> uh, Tim, how about you? I am writing in a Word notebook, the Indigo edition that I posted a review of today. And I am writing with, I have two pencils. I have a Palomino Blackwing because I figured that was the closest thing I had to a Noblot indelible pencil just because it's dark and soft and it's the softest thing i have um i thought about writing with a sharpie instead but uh, and then i'm also <laughs> speaking of indelible i'm also <laughs> it's the most indelible and then i also have a pink uh like called the medium pink or the salmon edition of the dixon ticonderoga and i am drinking pinot noir for bastille day happy bastille day guys viva la france <laughs> I um I, I I liked your thing earlier about you were telling me about how, you know, Karis Customs released their red, white, and blue notebook or uh pen and uh you said it was uh, special for Bastille Day, which I'm sure they <laughs> they seem pretty pretty Frenchy over there at Karis Customs. So. Yeah, they they just love <laughs> countries other than the one we're in. Yeah. And I also commented that it was a Chicago Cubs pen too. So yeah. I think it was either one of those two. It's either France or the Cubs. I'm not really sure what they were going for. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, I am uh, actually right now. I, I was the first time around. I was like, "Oh, I'm so manly because I finally decided to drink an adult beverage rather than tea or water." Uh, but I have finished my adult <laughs> beverage and I'm drinking water now. So, <laughs> oh, want, want. next next week, I swear, guys, I will just like you know pound like straight Everclear or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> and and ab- absinthe for yeah, just some absinthe, and I'll be on here. I'll just be hallucinating. I feel like the pencils are watching me. <laughs> um, I was drinking a um, a old fashioned made with um, uh, not wild turkey one hundred and one, but with Woodford, Woodford Reserve that I I bought like a huge uh, bottle of it from the uh, duty free shop in um, on the way to Canada where I was last weekend. So um, I'm just trying to finish that off. Uh, and uh, today I'm writing almost exclusively with. Um, the uh, Huckleberry Woodchuck prototype bullet pencil that uh, I get to try out kind of next on the list after Tim was done with it. He just sent it to me over the weekend, and I just kind of pulled it out today. And I think we'll talk a little bit about that when we get to some fresh points. But, yeah, I'm I'm super pumped about it. Um, all right, so um, let's maybe talk about our, our fresh points. And, uh, Anna, would you, would you lead us off? Sure. I just have one little thing. Um, I listen to, I'm a regular listener to the Erasable podcast. Yes. Um, Mm. And uh, I was inspired to uh, order the Perfetto pencils that were designed by Louise Feely after listening to one of your episodes. Actually, I bought them today, so they won't Mm. get here till Wednesday, but I'm still very excited about them. They're super gorgeous. Yeah, I will. And I have a thing about the two colored pencils anyway. I love that there's a color on each end. It's interesting. I think these these look like they're black and red, maybe graphite and red. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I actually was asking um, Tim earlier through the Erasable mm-hmm. Facebook group, which we'll talk about. But um, like you were using them for grading, 
Yeah, I actually just picked mine up. I got well, no, I just got my first one, so it's just what I wanted to use it for because I've been intrigued by the idea of them, but I never tried it. Uh, I have a Musgrave Hermitage that hmm. uh, I I feel bad, but I can't remember the name. But someone sent me along with some other stuff. So, but uh, so I was trying it out. But yeah, I use it not as much for grading, but for editing essays and things that my students write because I can use the. Uh, red sort of mark things, blue to write notes in the side, switch it up. That's like a good that. idea. But, uh, but that's what I'm going to go for. And I'm, I might order another set because I think there's there's one on pencils.com and I can't remember if it's this one, the Musk, Musgrave Hermitage, or what yeah, it is, but I'm going to, it is okay. So I'll probably order another box of those because they're just really practical for me and I love grading in pencil, a uh, red pencil, but I hate the Dixon red erasable pencil, yeah. the marking pencil. Yeah. That thing sucks. Um, I tried it <laughs> this year and it just didn't work out for me. So, no, it's sorry. nice that you kind of mix it up because I remember there was nothing kind of more disheartening than just a page full of like angry red markings. So it's <laughs> it's cool that you. Yeah, my, I'm not afraid to use red, but I just I tend to not use it all the time. Yeah. But not because I don't don't want to crush their spirits. It has nothing to do with it. It's just that I like mixing up the colors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'll, I'll do, I'll do green and uh, orange cause that our school colors are black and orange. So I'll do orange sometimes. That's cool. Um, so Tim, speaking of follow up, um, do you have any, any to, to put forth? Yeah. First off, I mentioned this earlier, but I posted my review of the word notebooks today. I was happy to get that up. I've been, I really loved using these uh, for a long period of time. I'm actually on my second one, but not because I finished one. It was because <laughs> I left one in my back pocket and washed it as a, my main, my main critique of the notebook on my review was they really need to figure out how to prevent this whole washing machine <laughs> thing because <laughs> it, it ruined mine. So that was kind of a downside, you know, get some right in the rain notebooks. Yeah, there we go. Um, but I, I really love Word Notebooks. It's up there at the top of my list for my favorite pocket notebooks. I kind of switch it up every once in a while just anyways. So I'm not the kind of person, and I think all of us writing about this kind of stuff, you switch it up all the time because you're trying to test out things. But um, it'll definitely be in the regular rotation, uh, along with Field Notes and Doan, uh, little Doan pocket journals, which I really love. I also got a new one this week that I don't have in front of you. It's a little French, white French pocket notebook that Jay from Huckleberry Woodchuck sent me. Hmm. I need to try out too. Uh, oh, yeah, you so know? Put, maybe. Uh, I'll have to check in a second. My my chair is really noisy, so I don't want to move towards where they are. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it might be. And actually, it's, they're, so they're bright white, straight white, and Jay stamped a really awesome pink woodchuck on the back of the notebook, which looks really great. I'll have to send you all a picture of that so you can see it. Um, is it pink or is it huckleberry? It, so, is that a color? Is huckleberry a color? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> like, a, like a berry red color? I don't know. Really? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that just blew my mind a little bit right there. Yeah. Opposite, it's, 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 it's pink. It looks like the pink of this pencil that I'm writing with. So it's like a sort of a deep pink. Not a hot pink, but kind of a deep pink. Um, so... So yeah, there's that. I really love it. I love the note-taking system. It's kind of the the bullet point, important, in-progress, complete kind of user guide that they have inside the cover uh, has worked its way into my brain that that has become kind of how I think about things. 
throughout the day as far as tasks and what I'm getting done. So I really like that. And the paper is really nice. Like Johnny's mentioned before, it's really good with it's really great with pencil. It holds the graphite really well and has just enough tooth. So I love it with pencils and gel pens. It's really great. Um, almost any fountain pen that I've used with it has bled through. Mm. Um, I was writing with it with a Twisby Mini uh, that had actually an EF nib, which is kind of unusual for me. But I got from uh, Vaughn, one of our readers, and I'm, he's actually in our pen pencil fantasy baseball league, and he sent that to me to try out, which is also Heart of Darkness, which is really thin, so that might be it. But most fountain pens tend to leak through. So I wrote in the review that you can save yourself a lot of trouble by just sticking to pencil. But I love them. Uh, and the only other fresh point I had was uh, just to give some thoughts on the Huckleberry Woodchuck project, the bullet pencil that Andy, you mentioned earlier, that I got to spend a week with, carried it everywhere. And this thing is a tank. I mean, it's a really solid product. Uh, you never... I never worried about it in my pocket. I, I I had it in my pocket most of the week with, it was like my keys, that pen, pencil, and then my bullet, uh, sorry, Fisher Space pen mm. in my pocket. Um, and it just, I didn't worry about it at all. And it has enough weight that you know it's there. You're not going to lose track of it. It's It was really nice, really interesting thing. And it's an early prototype. I mean, actually, it's the earliest. I think I think it's the first prototype. And I didn't even realize when he sent it to me that that was the only one he had, that Jay had. Um, so he sent me the prototype. I can't um, believe I that. Assume, That's amazing. Yeah, I assume the, guy, the fellow in Connecticut who's making him has his own. So it's not like it's the only one, but it was his first prototype. And he sent it, um, and then I had you know intended to send it on, and then he got in touch with me and asked if I was, and so I said, by all means, and wanted you all to try it out so that we could talk about it because it's a really interesting product. He's going to do some cool things with it, I think. They're they're talking about some different add-ons to the end, which I think we might have talked about on another episode, but uh, one of which, which I'm most excited about, is a uh, a stylus they're going to add to the end where the eraser would go, which would be really neat. Yeah. Uh, kind of a cool... Uh, Moderniza- modernization of the pencil and the bullet pencil to where you can be writing with pencil, but you can also flip it around and deal with your iPad, which is just a really cool distinction or a really cool combination is what I meant to say. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I love it. And it was, it was interesting to use. I know there's a lot of things they're going to change because it was the very first prototype. So I don't want to go into a lot of details and uh, especially about things that weren't quite right because they knew that before they gave it to me because you know, yeah. it was the first try. Um, and, I know they, they're, they're reducing the number of threads on the uh, as you screw it into the the body because there was just too many. But they knew that ahead of time. But yeah, uh, and Tim, when I when yeah. I started using this today, I texted you and said, "This is like the you know like the Robocop of bullet pencils." And it's yeah. <laughs> it's funny because it's I mean it's it's not Robocop uh, Robocop in that it's like super like clunky or anything like that, but it's just very heavy duty and you can definitely tell i mean with the kind of sharp tip on this i feel like i could use this use this as a defensive weapon like yeah, hold this yeah. in my hand and like fend off a mugger or something like that yeah if you if you chuck <laughs> that at somebody it's gonna hurt yeah so. <laughs> compared yeah. to the midori uh, uh brass bullet pencil it's yeah. just like a lot heavier and it's yeah it's definitely not kind of the the thin stamp thing that that is for for better or for worse it'll be interesting to kind of you know go head to head with the finished products so Mm-hmm. can't wait until that happens i hope they call it like you know they don't have a name for it yet maybe they'll call it the robocop 
Yeah, he said. <laughs> yeah, I asked. I asked Jay about that. I was like, "What are you gonna? Do you have an idea what you're gonna call it when you do the the Kickstarter? However, they decide to launch it." And he said that that's actually the hardest part of the project is coming up with a name. They're still working on that. So. Should we um, should we ask our listeners if they have any uh, interesting <laughs> suggestions to post them in the comments? Hey, why not? Yeah. And then uh, we'll send them on to Jay. Um, <laughs> by the way, if you want to do that or if you want to read any of the show notes, um, go to uh, erasable.us slash 10, back, uh, forward slash 10. That's our show notes. and and uh, the website. So you can leave a comment there um, if there's anything. Uh, I think both Tim and I have posted uh, a few pictures of this. Tim, probably most. Uh, uh, I, have, I have several on my Instagram account, which is the username is The Writing Arsenal. You can check them out. You'll, you'll know exactly when you see it. It's a really slick, clean, silver version uh, or bullet pencil. I the one of the last picture I'd posted, I think, was the one when I was changing the alternator in my car, and I had it sitting on top of the engine. With yeah, the that was cool. It just felt I had my I had written out, used it to write out the directions uh, from the YouTube video that I watched <laughs> <laughs> to tell me how to change my alternator. Um, That's amazing. I'm I'm super impressed. Yeah, I had done it. It's it's like the only car repair that I had done before, and so it, but it had been about a year since I'd done it. But I through a series of unfortunate events, I had to do it twice in one day the first time I did it. Mm-hmm. So I felt like I had a pretty good grasp on it. But, oh, man. Uh, but, yeah, d- check out those pictures. It's it's really good looking. I know the the next version, the prototype B or whatever, 2, whatever you want to call it, they're already anodizing it and putting it in some colors, and they've talked about definitely putting a clip on it. So so excited. That's awesome. I think it's going to be a really, a really awesome project. Yeah. So. Uh, but I think that's all I have for today. Hmm. Um, I was going to next week or next episode, I'm going to mention something about a post I'm going to do soon about the Midori bullet pencil. Mm-hmm. And because I got that, got to play with that a lot. My something about the chemistry of my hands does not agree with it. I can still write with it, but that thing turned a dark bronze. I promise that I wash my hands and things like that. But <laughs> there's something about my, my hands that just, uh, the shininess of that thing just went away really quickly. But it's like, it's like that episode of Saved by the Bell when Zach Morris is in charge of buying like class rings and it turns everybody's finger green. <laughs> just like that. <laughs> just, just exactly like that. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so I'll, I'll I'll talk about that next week because I've I've had some thoughts about comparing that pencil, which isn't cheap, um, the Midori bullet pencil, but it's it's good quality, I think. But comparing that with something like Jay's refurbished vintage bullet pencils and just kind of the the pros and cons of each one and which one's a better deal, which one is a a better purchase. But we can talk about that uh, next week because I'm, I'm planning to post on that in the next, uh, before the next episode. But that's all I've got. That's cool. Johnny, how about you? Well, um, we've had a lot of whimsical pencils on Pencil Revolution lately. The Sprout pencils that sprout and the power pencils, which give you magical powers. Yes. Uh, the, the power pencils are super, super cool. They're laser engraved with uh, magical runes and spells, and they come from a magical tree. And I think they're soaked in magic rocks, too, which is so, that's super right. awesome. It's that's probably right. really hard to do. <laughs> which uh, magical power did you ask the pencil to give you? Just curious. Well, I haven't sharpened my wish pencil yet, and you're prohibited from wishing for more pencils with it. So, oh man, they get you every I don't time. Know what I'm wish for. <laughs> Here, no, this is what you do. You wish for them not to have the rule to wish for more pencils first. So you have to ah. take two wishes to get more pencils. Yeah, but then you can also probably ask for more wishes. Then 
Oof, man. Yeah, it gets confusing. Got this figured out. Yeah. yeah, I am finally going to sharpen this thing. Now. Sharpen it right now. <laughs> on the if you guys have not seen the uh, the video uh, on Pencil Revolution, he has a link to the video, and it's it is hilarious. It is well worth the five minutes or so that it that it is. I, I was watching and just like cracking up. This guy is hilarious. Yeah, and the the pencils all come with a book, and the books are even funnier than the video. That's yeah, awesome. Especially after you watch the video first, and you can imagine his face while he's writing this. <laughs> it's extra funny. And, uh, I haven't sharpened them yet because they're beautiful, and the etching sort of goes down really close to the point, and I can't bring myself to do it yet. But I might actually subscribe and get doubles, so or even just buy some doubles because they're really cool, and then uh, do that. They came in a cool box, and it was wrapped in baker's twine, and there's a cool stamp on it. So it sat for you know a day before I opened it. It's too pretty. Hmm. Um, also, we have the sprout pencils, which sprout as a verb. They uh, You sharpen them, and when you're finished, the end has laser engraved what it is. For instance, basil. Then you stick it into the ground, and there's um, some sort of bioplastic uh, pod that has seeds in, it, seeds in it, and that dissolves in the soil with the water, and you've got basil. And all of the other herbs, and then there's a flower packet also. But there's they're really nice pencils. They're made in America. They're cedar. They're round. They're unfinished. The lead is smooth, but not very soft. So that's a special place for a pencil like that. I remember their like Kickstarter. That. It was it was really cool. I'm glad that they're mm-hmm. actually in production now. Yeah, they have them in Boston. I'm going to Boston next week, so I'm going to try to find some more. You know, like I need an excuse to go look for pencils. <laughs> There's a Dick Blick in Boston, and I'm going to descend. Very excited. Descend upon the Dick Blick. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have one of those here. Very sad. Yeah. Uh, and my other point was that Statler, who I love very much, their very poor packaging job of the new neon Wopex pencils, that uh, they break... It's already a breakable pencil, and they know this, and they put them in a really bad packaging, and then Staples mails them to you in a soft envelope, and they all show up broken. Very upsetting. Like, ruined my week. <laughs> and and what's what's crazy about this is, so I ordered some of these, too, from Staples, and, like, they, um, they like, the, the cardboard insert in the back that kind of keeps it stiff uh, doesn't descend to the bottom of the point. Like, it just kind of goes down to you know, about like midpoint. So in fact, the rest of the pencil is protected, yet the point is not, which is kind of insane, I think. But uh, yeah, it's... it's Somebody screwed up. <laughs> yeah. And I, I guess it's maybe because they're so cheap and they have so darn many of them that I assume they're just like, oh, we got to save money on this packaging or something. But yeah, the, the, the European version of them without an eraser, they're really expensive. Yeah. But these are identical and they have an eraser and they're cheaper. I don't understand. I'm yeah. not complaining. <laughs> this is America. In America, we get our pencils cheap. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Well, they, I think $4 for a dozen of German pencils is an insanely good deal. Yeah. Well, it was $2, it was $2, two, $2 a dozen yeah. on sale. Yeah. I'm, I have 10 dozen. Would you? Okay. You bought 10 dozen? Is that? <laughs> well, I bought five, and then um, they sent me five replacements, which were also broken. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, well, you know, I have... Five dozen or ten dozen of pencils for essentially ten bucks. I can live with this if I have to sharpen them. It's cool. Yeah, you should put a. I like to. I've never done this because I've never used a Wopex down short enough. But you should uh, use a Wopex and a bullet pencil. That'd be a good. 
hmm. a good candidate yeah, for bullet pencil because you're you're going for something that'll something that'll hold a point nicely. But yeah. yeah, you know, I like to Dremel those those pencils off. So I wonder if the Dremel would just like melt the plastic off. <laughs> That'd be interesting to try. Experiment time. Yeah. All right. Anything else, Johnny? Nope, that's about it. Okay. Um, so, um, I guess the first thing I was just going to mention was um, I, I absolutely love our Facebook group. Um, yes. I, Anna just pointed out to me that we don't, in fact, have our Facebook group um, on our website, <laughs> which is an oversight, like in the sidebar, uh, which is an oversight that will be corrected as of the publishing of this podcast. But um, if you want to join the Facebook group, last, last episode we had about maybe 80 members, and now we're up to almost 130. I think we're at 129 right now. Um, actually, no, we're at exactly 130. Um, it's it's a lot of fun. It is. It gives me a whole new reason to use Facebook. Um, it's just a little piece of of joy. And and Tim, I think you had something really kind of some good insight about it. How it's a, a safe space for people. Yeah, I feel like people are comfortable to just be themselves in their pencil obsession. Like they <laughs> they don't fear <laughs> asking us crazy questions or just saying like because there's some people who will post things like, "Hey, I'm doing this today with pencils. Does is that normal? Do other people do this?" And which is really enjoyable because then of course everyone else says yes yes of course <laughs> uh, but it's we're like i i kind of think about our facebook group as not as much a facebook group as like a facebook tribe yeah 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 hmm. just so, just yeah. today liz liz vegan rotundo posted on her uh posted a post in there about uh, messenger bags that was super interesting yeah cody killed it on that one. Oh god yeah he just uh he's like here's all of the bags i use and exactly the reasons i use them so <laughs> yeah and i saw a couple in there that were just super neat so uh if you want to join the facebook group go to facebook.com slash groups slash erasable uh or go ahead and click the link in the show notes and it is technically a private group so so it remains a safe space but um if you want to join um just hit request and one of us will approve that shortly. So the reason I bring that up is because uh, Charles Berlsheimer is also in the group. Uh, Charles is the CEO of Pencils.com uh, and is um, just a wealth of knowledge about pencils. Um, he, uh, he just, oh man, he just knows so much. He's, uh, he's actually a fifth generation pencil maker. Uh, he, you know, he's the president of Calcedar. He produces slats that he sells to all the other pencil companies in the world, uh, almost. So, uh, so Charles is just a wealth of knowledge, and uh, he, somebody in the Facebook group, um, after our last episode, was starting talking about, um, you know, wondering what classifies as a, a pencil as being USA made. Um, we talked about, we approached that a little bit in the last episode, um, and I, of course, didn't know myself, so I asked Charles to weigh in, um, and I tagged him in the post, and he responded. Um, and basically, he talked about how the Department of Commerce follows the rule of substantial transformation. Uh, that basically means a producer has to transform, uh, in Pencil's case, the slats and the core components into raw pencils uh, through the process of grooving, lead laying, gluing, the sandwiches, and shaping, etc. Um, there is no specific requirement that these components be manufactured in the U.S., or that some minimum percentage of the value added has to be done in the U.S. However, you can't bring in raw or semi-finished pencils or preformed sandwiches and call that U.S. made. So essentially, um, what he's saying is that the raw materials have to be from the U.S. Uh, and then just kind of uh, 
just substantially transformed in order to, to call it a USA made pencil. So, um, if you are interested in kind of reading more about this, um, and seeing Charles comments is on comments on that, um, just request to join the erasable Facebook group and we'll add you and you can check that out. That's just like a good example of how awesome it is to have Charles in our group. It's like starting a Facebook group on cars and Henry Ford joining the group here, <laughs> you know, someone who just is in the middle of it. Like he knows everything. And like, we've asked him questions and he's just given us, you know, he's, he's not afraid to give us really detailed answers and, and tell us things. So it's just, well, when I, when I worked there, I had to, uh, to edit that, to edit his words. So I know that he will be very long winded and provide you lots of detail <laughs> if you need to. <laughs> so, so yeah, that's a good one. Um, what else? Uh, I was going to kind of mention all the rainbow packs of pencils out there right now. Um, we already talked about the Woolpex pencil packs. Um, they came in different colors. Uh, Staples also had a set of neon Ticonderogas, uh, which were really cool. Um, Johnny informed me that they, um, they were the ones that were featured last year at Target during back to school, which is interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, and then actually this year Target has another pack of, um, of, uh, custom Ticonderoga colors featuring three different shades of pink. And then <laughs> that's such a weird choice. I yeah. Just, like that is a really weird choice Yeah, to have five colors and three of them are just different pinks. Yeah. I don't really understand that. And so, um, so there's if also were doing this right. There'd be three shades of green. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> For me, it's three, three shades of like red. That's, that's what I'm, that's I don't know if, if ever you guys have ever even like, uh, heard of Anna's show uh, Anna's blog you probably know that she is a big fan of like a what color green would you say specifically yeah, like a lime time. green I yeah I like yellow greens yeah my favorites um so um so yeah if if you if you if you check it out Anna there are several shades of this lime green at Target and Staples excellent yeah I need to have the uh moratorium on Target shopping lifted <laughs> so that I can go <laughs> and and of course if you like I will um I will send you. I will send you some of the greens from my various packs, so you can continue to stay away and, and stay on the wagon. Yeah, we can be your. Thank uh, you. I appreciate your it. Your target stationary coyotes, and we'll we'll, heart, <laughs> we'll we'll bring them across the border to you. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> so, so the other. Um, I think we talked about this last week. The other brand of kind of multi multicolored pencils is uh, it's called UB Y O O B I, and the um, the tagline is one for you, one for me. And uh, they have a bunch of office supplies. They have staplers, they have thumbtacks, they have rubber bands. Um, but the pack of pencils um, features just like a pink and a purple and a green and a yellow. And they're, they're pretty decent. Um, and I just, just the other day I was reading the back of it. And uh, kind of like Tom's or Roy B. Parker or uh, something like that, they, uh, for every pack that you buy, they give a pack to a uh, classroom in need uh, in the U.S., which is cool. So... Um, Tim, you should figure out how you can petition for some of these pencils. And yeah, for real. Yeah, um, yeah. I wonder how they how they control that. If I can try to funnel them all to my school, so I don't have to deal with. <laughs> <laughs> then they'll just my listen student. to the podcast, and it'll be a big scandal. Right? Yeah, it'll be it'll be a mess, but you know, it's worth yeah. it. But. Yeah. <laughs> um, Clark, will, Clark will be happy. Yeah, there's an old reference. To yeah, that. Clark would be your classroom friendly pencil sharpener. Yes, I still have not developed a name for mine. Like. Now I sort of feel absurd that I don't have a name for it, but to figure that out. <laughs> Pretty shameful, Andy. I yeah. Know. It's, it's like he doesn't have an identity or she doesn't have an identity. Yeah. 
If it makes you feel any better, I broke mine. Oh, no. What'd you do to it? Did you run it over not, a guitar? Or? No, I don't know. It's, <laughs> it just will not sharpen anymore. Uh, huh. The little handle won't turn or anything. I heard you guys actually oh. mention something about taking one apart, so I might have to send it away for someone to fix it for me because I yeah. can't figure out what's wrong with it. Send it to Tim. He can replace an alternator. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it can't be worse than that. Yeah. Have you have you tried to unscrew the the back of it? I haven't. I it actually got ostracized because I was so mad at it. So now I have to find it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you shunned it. Yeah. But, I did. I did, and yeah. I went back to my old. I have an old school. Of course, it's vintage, but it's an old, you know, old school crank one. Yeah. That's which awesome. I loved, and I actually at one point had it drilled to my desk. That's awesome. I know. And then when I got the the school sharpener, I replaced it and I used it for a while until I broke it. Oh no! Wow, that's hardcore. I don't know what you do in your pencils. Um. So um, I guess uh, the last um, the last thing I wanted to mention in Fresh Points is a a uh, pretty big announcement that I'm super excited about. Um, I hope it does not downplay the very special guest we have today because it, sh- it shouldn't and it doesn't. Um, but because, as we talked about earlier, the pen addict is going on hiatus for a few weeks, um, we're actually going to be doing a very special crossover episode um, with Brad Dowdy. Um, so I-, I-, I talked to him a little bit, and he he mentioned uh, one of the things I asked him about is, you know, are you going to, you know, have a backlog of pen things you need to talk about? Um, and, and if so, would you like to come on our show and, and talk about them? So, uh, if you are a strictly pencil person who does not want to hear anything about ink, uh, which I doubt we have very many of those, um, you may not want to tune in because we are going to be having a, um, some, uh, pen follow-ups as well as our usual pencil talk and, uh, and a main, maybe a main topic that may be a little bit different. So, uh, the, the famous, uh, pencil or pen blogger slash podcaster brad dowdy will be with us next week or not uh next week but next time which i believe comes out july 30th so um we'll definitely kind of promo it up until then uh, i think brad's going to be talking about it a little bit too so i'm very very excited um so that is um that is all the follow-up that i had um i think we covered everybody so we should probably just kind of go into the go into the topic um so we officially welcomed you, Anna, but uh, welcome again. Thank you for being with us. Thank you very much. <laughs> and um, I, I think that probably a lot of the people who listen to this are familiar with, you know, the other kind of pen and office supply and stationary blogs out there. But uh, can you tell me a little bit about um, what the scope of what well, Well-Appointed Desk covers? Um, well, I when I started Well-Appointed Desk, I wanted to cover all sorts of ways to make the sort of everyday drudgery of our work life um, more pleasant, more pleasurable um, from not using the office supply cabinet big ballpoints or the crappy pencils that they buy a hundred for a dollar, you know? Yeah. We all know. We all know. Um, so that was sort of the inspiration for sort of what I wanted to do with well-appointed desk was um, wonderful, well-made, good products, that make all of those long meetings and all of those um, long writing sessions and things that people have to do a little bit more pleasant and to maintain an interest in um, using pen and paper and pencil and um, those types of materials. Although occasionally I will throw in something about the digital workspace because I'm 
I'm not in, I'm not blind to the fact that none of what we, we do in our day is without the digital component. Yeah. We all work on computers. We all work, we all use our phones. This is kind of a random question, but are you an Evernote user? I do use Evernote. Okay. I, We'll have to talk about it sometime because I've been thinking about that lately. That that's that I've been using it with lesson plans, and that integrates really well with doing things by hand for me because I can snap pictures of things that I'm writing, and it goes straight into a certain place. I was just curious if that was something that you used. I'm starting to tr- to work with that a little bit more. It's one of those things that I sort of forget that there's that option to import um, images into Evernote. Um, and then I know Evernote has their own Moleskine notebook that will help that's, you, you know, to, to import things that way. And that seems kind of scammy. It's kind of, I think it's, a, <laughs> I think because you can basically photograph anything <laughs> and give it a tag, you don't really need to pay the well, $25 for the special. It, notebook. it does. The things come with three months of Evernote premium though, which I guess is a, that's kind of a deal. That's sort which of a bonus. The, which that's a pretty good deal. I'll the, give them that. The thing that they do that I, I kind of think is a, a neat concept. Um, that, I mean, you're right. It is kind of dumb because you can just take a picture. But I love the fact that you can tag stuff like to go to different notebooks automatically. Like it's it's basically taking a meta tag and making it not meta, making it real life. So I think that's kind of cool. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyhow, um, Anna, how did you come up with the, the title Well-Appointed Desk? Where did that come from? Honestly, I just was trying to sort of figure out a way to um, encompass everything that I wanted to do. I was already a fan and a follower of The Pen Addict when I started my blog, and I was already a fan and a friend of Johnny's and The Pencil Revolution, and I kind of, I didn't want to necessarily tread on anybody's existing territory, and I know there's a lot of other bloggers out there, but sort of when I started, you guys were sort of the big, you know people that I, that I followed. Um, and so I, I kind of wanted something that would allow me to play sort of in any part of the sort of work office environment. So that's where the well-appointed desk came in. That's cool. And I, I do remember when we were talking kind of in the, in the, the kind of midpoint break about, um, how well-appointed desk started off as a tumbler. And I do remember that. And did you did you back then? I'm trying to remember. Did you post a lot more like pictures of desktops, pictures of desks? I did. I did when I yeah. started. Um, I was. I really just wanted to sort of, in at some level, fill the well. You know, because yeah. when you start a blog, you've really got nothing. You've got your two posts that you've done, and it's just sort of. I, it was how I found my legs, I guess. Um, and I still occasionally, probably it's now probably down to about once a month or so, I'll do sort of an office space workspace post. Um, don't hold me to it. <laughs> sometimes they two or three will happen at once. And sometimes they won't happen for months. Um, but I do tend to like to put those back in because I think one thing I, I feel like I'm I'm filling a, a a gap in this sort of office supply blog space by sort of filling going into these places because for as much as I love um all the tools sometimes it's nice to sort of step back and look at what you're working in look at the whole yeah yeah look at the environment and trust me yesterday you guys would have died my office was such a mess (laughs) oh man um so um so that's interesting so one of the things I really like about your blog is it's really um probably 
aesthetically one of the like most beautiful of kind of the the blogs in our sphere. Like I love the yeah, pictures definitely. you have and you Thank always you. have such like gorgeous not just like the quality of the photos but the stuff you take pictures of are just amazing. Thank you. Yeah. What is your what is your setup for stuff like that? Um well um I have I'm I kind of have a, a thing for cameras as well. So <laughs> I actually have honestly I have cameras in all of the places I could potentially be mm-hmm. besides like an iPhone. Um, but most of the photography that I do, I use, um, a Canon, um, uh, DSLR yeah. and it's, I don't know, two versions back. And it, I put specifications up on my blog at some point because someone did ask me and I can, um, put that in the show notes if someone's really curious, okay. but I also have a couple other cameras that I use one that stays in my bag. Um, one that stays in my office at work. In case I need to take photos there, so. Do you, do you use a like a lighting kit or anything like that? Um, I have one, and I have on occasion used it. I have a light tent um, and some shoddy light that I set up, but for the most part, I try to take pictures in um, the best natural light I can find because that's really mostly how people experience these things anyway. Yeah. Um, and I find using the light tent and stuff, it's super cumbersome and it ends up taking me two hours to set up a shoot. Yeah. (laughs) Then shoot it, then process the images, then post them. By that point, I'm like, okay, you know what? I didn't love this thing that much. (laughs) Not worth it. Someday I think we should do a whole episode about like pencil and pen bloggers and how they actually shoot their stuff because it's such a hard thing to take a picture of. It really is. Pencils and (laughs) and pens are these long straight objects and whatever camera you're using is a rectangle or square format or whatever. And it's just hard to get them to fit in there nicely. Yeah. All of my pictures are taken uh, on top of a bookshelf that's near a window because it just has like this peeling paint and just kind of looks cool. It does look cool. (laughs) So I can only take those pictures from like... 3 to 6 p.m. Yeah. So I always have to set them on top of this bookshelf and take <laughs> take pictures. It's kind of this like, there's like nothing glamorous about it. I use my iPhone most of the time. <laughs> I mean, I have, um, I have contact because of what I do for a living with people who have very, very high-end equipment. Yeah. And um, Hallmark actually has its own photo studio. So I've been over there and I see how the pros do it. And to be honest, if you kind of step back and look at it from the side – it it's all it's a lot of smoke and mirrors. <laughs> yeah. So that was the best segue a person could ever ask for, Anna, because my next question was uh can you can you tell us about what you do as a career and how that kind of relates to what you do on the blog? I work at Hallmark Cards. I'm a greeting card designer. That is awesome. I, I have worked there for thirteen years now. Um, I know. And it, and the funny thing is at Hallmark that's like that's kind of the middle ground. There are people, like, I work with people who've been there for 25 and 35 years. Like, literally, they graduated from college, and the first job they got was Hallmark, and they've been there, been there ever since. Wow. And then there's some other people who have, like, you know, one to five years. And, I mean, literally, at Hallmark, you are a newbie until you've crossed the 10-year marker. Wow. Yeah. It's just, I mean, people go to Hallmark, and they stay there forever. Um, I work in a- the web industry, and I've been at my place for three years, and I'm the person who's been there the longest. <laughs> And and I had I came from an uh, advertising and marketing background. Um, I had worked in Chicago for several years, and I worked in newspapers. And yeah, so it's a lot of the jobs prior to coming to Hallmark were 
you know, you were there for eight months and boy, you were, you were in the trenches. You'd been there for a while and, you know, 12 or 14 months and, you know, you were, wow, when are you going to start looking for another job? So <laughs> being at Hallmark for as long as I have, the, the advantage of course is Hallmark is a very big place yeah. um, in terms of the number of people that work there. Um, there are literally hundreds of creative staff there. So <laughs> there's a lot of um, opportunity to move around. Um, within the company without actually having to change your 401k. Yeah. <laughs> what is the, um, so, so when you design greeting cards, is it, is it more of like a, like do you design like a greeting card from start to finish or do you just kind of control one aspect of it? Um, I get all the parts and pieces and put it together. That's so cool. I can work with an illustrator um, or a lettering artist, or I can go through, we have a huge database that has all sorts of work that's been done previous that I can manipulate and modify. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so I can, you know, I just take those pieces. I get the actual editorial provided to me by our astounding editorial staff and I smoosh it all together. I joke that I'm like, I'm a glorified decorator. Yeah. <laughs> I take the pretty picture and the pretty words and I put it all together. Um, but I, I'm very lucky um, in the position that I'm at right now where they give me a lot of freedom to do my own lettering. So a lot of, a lot of what I'm doing when I do uh, writing samples is just practicing. Yeah. And seeing, will this tool work for work? <laughs> Like this, like you, you, you may have noticed there's been a lot of brush pen work lately. Yeah. It's like, hmm, can I use these for work? <laughs> Is this going to be easier than actually dipping a paintbrush into a jar of ink? Maybe. <laughs> so I'm just, I'm just imagining because I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm sure these aren't Hallmark cards, but I've, I've seen all those cards that they have at Target and other places with that, with that guy, that like hairy guy on it, who's like wearing these cut off <laughs> jeans that like tuck up into his butt cheeks. <laughs> and I see that all that's over me. the place. So <laughs> that, that's Johnny. He gets uh, so I, I just for I just like to imagine that you just have like a like a big database where there's that master file in it, and you just have to come up with something for every holiday that includes that guy. We could, except that <laughs> Target is a different company. Oh, okay. <laughs> Walmart. Yeah, and you're probably Hallmark cards. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. So, um, so how often are you doing it within like InDesign or Illustrator or something like that, as opposed to actual, you know, physical physical media? Um, I would say probably seventy five to eighty percent of my job is done in Photoshop and Illustrator, and there's about a two percent in InDesign, which is just really file compiling. Yeah. Um, uh, and about fifteen to twenty percent where I'm actually getting to do things on on paper and a lot of stuff we do. I mean, like there's lots of thumbnail sketching and yeah. um, drawing on a three by five. Like, so I wanted to do this thing here, you know, can I, can that, can that happen? Yeah. So That's little, cool. little stuff like that. And I, you know, I do some lettering um, and that's usually done on paper first. And then I scan it in and I'll either use the, the raw file and just touch it up. Hmm. Big secret, hmm. no lettering artist anywhere ever i mean if it gets printed it gets cleaned up in photoshop oh wow <laughs> don't don't let anybody fool you there's a lot of lot of uh, digital whiteout that goes on <laughs> um <laughs> and a lot of times we'll we'll take those files once they're scanned in and we'll take them into illustrator mm -hmm. and basically completely redraw them wow so and sometimes i'll actually Just use that trace tool and 
boom. Exactly. (laughs) Well, and sometimes I'll actually um, scan in a very, very rough piece and I will actually use it um, as something I trace in Illustrator. So I'll redraw it in Illustrator from like a really rough sketch. Did you um, did you see on on Woodclinched a while ago? I had that pencil vector pack. Yes, that was that was kind of similar. I, a friend of mine who's a graphic designer um, just took a picture of those pencils and put them in Illustrator and then traced around it, and that's how he mm-hmm. kind of arrived at that. Yeah, no, I love those. I think they're great. It's cool. I'm surprised that's not on a T-shirt yet. Oh man, I know. I'm. <laughs> it's one of the many things I have to figure out to do. <laughs> the erasable T-shirt needs to happen. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, it does. Um. So that, that's awesome. I actually, um, when I, uh, actually before I worked kind of in the industry that I'm in now, I, I worked at newspapers and did a little bit of page layout. So I'm a, I'm a huge kind of InDesign slash Illustrator fan. So I'm interested to hear you talk about that. Um, so um, before we kind of move on to the main topic, I would really, really be interested to hear about your uh, trip to Chicago and what you did there. Chicago. Yay. Well, do you really want to hear about the trip? Because I actually went to see my dad. Oh, I would like to hear. How's your dad doing? Is he? He's, he's good. He's good. He tried to feed me brats. He said I got hot dogs. Well, but that's what you get when you go to Chicago. That's true. Mm-hmm. There's pickles on it for some terrible reason. Yeah. Cucumbers. Oh, cucumbers. cucumbers. That's right. That's and right. tomatoes. Yeah. Sport peppers. <laughs> so what, what else did you do maybe on, maybe on North I want, May? I want to go home. <laughs> Um, I got to um, go and visit Field Notes, which is actually at Koodle Partners. Yeah. um, And uh, to really draw out the story, um, when when I lived in Chicago, uh, my husband actually worked at the same company with Brian Bedell. Hmm. So they're old friends. Um, Yeah, it's a small world, isn't it? Yeah. Um, And Bob left the company and went to work. Um, in letterpress in Chicago. And I went to work for that company right as Brian was leaving. <laughs> hmm. So we didn't ever really cross paths there, but we knew a lot of the same people. Um, one of my close friends was really good friends with him. And um, we also had a shared interest in vintage scooters like Vespas. Oh, yeah. And so um, even after we left Chicago, we kept in contact between the design work, the letterpress, the scooters. And then the field notes, we kind of, we just kept in touch all these years. And so um, we just sort of offhandedly um, were talking about something else uh, by email or whatever and said, hey, could we come visit? And he's like, yeah, sure, absolutely. And I'm like, seriously? (laughs) I get to go to field notes? (laughs) He's like, you realize it's a design office, right? And I'm like, yes, but I'm going to talk it up anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I, uh, I mean, I live three hours away from Chicago, so I'm, I'm going to pull some, like, oh yeah, I have a podcast. I'm going to try to get myself a tour. (laughs) I'm sure, I'm sure if you email Brian, yeah, he will. He will make arrangements. Actually, they have sort of become uh, pretty uh, comfortable with people sort of either giving them a call or emailing and saying, "Hey, I want to drop by." They've actually set up their front desk with a little with one of their display boxes, That's so that cool. you can literally, if you're in Chicago, you can either walk, come in and pick up an order, or you can go in and actually just buy right off the shelf. That's a great idea. And they'll they can swipe a credit card or or whatever. So. Did yeah. they? Did they have like? I I, I saw you kind of saw the picture of the distribution center. Did you get to see any archives where they have like, you know, mint early editions and things like that? Um, no, I did not. <laughs> <laughs> um, there, uh, there, 
field notes can be you can basically contact field notes and make an arrangement to do something like you know they do for the XOXO events yeah, and things yeah. like that um there were a few of those books I was not allowed to take photographs or tell anyone I saw them. I figured. <laughs> I'm excited. Uh, Brad's going to XOXO this year, and I'm really, really jealous. So I'm not. I'm not familiar with the event outside of the fact that I know that they made a custom edition of Field Notes for it. So yeah, it's cool. They it's it's a couple oh like web people uh, in in Portland, and they have a big event there, and it's just people who make things. Um, like oh, a, the guy who did Pinboard was there. Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Christopher Poole, who founded 4chan, did a talk there. Um, Marco Arment, who's a really great developer, he he talked there. It was it's a it's a cool event. I watched some videos. They just give talks, just talks to people in the creative industry. Um, Didn't they have Adam from MythBusters? Yeah, Adam Savage was there. Adam Savage. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Th- this is the third time they did it. I think the first time. Um, Mike went, Mike Hurley went mm-hmm. and there were a bunch of other people there. Um, and last time, I think he may have gone last time too, but this will be the third year. And, uh, the, the rumor is that the, uh, the field notes, and they were just talking about this on the pen Attic podcast that the XOXO field notes are going to be black and white. So that'll be, that's, uh, that's what Brad is calling it. So we'll see if that happens. <laughs> um, cool. Well, thank you very much, Anna. That's no that's, problem. That's awesome. Um, so, uh, anything to add before we get on to our main topic? Nope. Okay. We'll, uh, we'll keep this, guys, to We're about an hour recording time, so I bet we could do this for 10 or 15 minutes still. Um, so, we were talking to Anna and just kind of seeing what, what she wanted to talk about, anything pencil-related. This is a good opportunity to, to discuss it. And she brought up indelible pencils. And I think that's a really great idea just because I know very little about it. I've always... You know, in my collection, I've, I've, I'm still considering it like a starting collection, so I'm still collecting like just plain old graphite pencils, and I don't know much about uh, indelible pencils at all. And I'm assuming probably you do as well, Johnny. You know some things about them. Uh, uh, I have a small hoard of them too. <laughs> exactly. You have a small hoard. I of mean, them. I don't. Don't come looking for them at my house. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Tim, you said you had a you had a couple, right? I have zero. I, oh. I, I said that I was. When I was trying to pick out a pencil for today, I picked out the thing that was the darkest, softest thing because that was the closest I had. So it yeah. was either a Blackwing or a Sharpie. So yeah, as far as I understand them, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, I'm, so I'm excited to learn about them. So I guess uh, I guess Tim and I are going to just get an education here. Uh, Anna, do you kind of want to tell us like maybe some what indelible pencils are and what you might use them for? Um, sure. Um, I discovered them. I, I entirely, it was, I stumbled on them. Mm-hmm. I got a hold of a Sanford Noblot 705 and was trying to figure out, well, this is an interesting kind of pencil that's been made for a long time in the way that the Palme- their, the original uh, uh, Blackwings were, you know, sort of, they lived on through the 80s or something, and then all of a sudden they vanished. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I found this. I actually I found a box of them on Amazon um that was like $7 for a dozen and I said, "Well, sure, I'll take a box of these pencils for 7 bucks." Yeah. And uh, I actually put it on my Amazon wish list and the box just showed up in the mail. Like I don't know who sent it to me. Hmm. This was <laughs> um many years ago before I actually started the well-appointed desk and um I started writing with them 
because I did not know that they are now selling on eBay for like 30 bucks a pencil. <laughs> um, and I just really liked the way they wrote. And then one day I asked, it says on the, bo- on the pencil, a bottle of ink in, in a pencil. And I thought, hmm, that's weird. And then I think something happened. Like I got some, you know, condensation from a glass on my paper and I went to wipe it away and saw that it turned blue. It turned this lovely turquoise blue color. And I'm like, well, that's strange. So I started to do my homework about what is this? Um, and the no blot was a variation on a copying pencil or an indelible pencil. And um, I found an article on this conservation website that I guess, you know, like librarians and historians um, about how to treat documents that may have been written with a a copying pencil or an indelible pencil. Mm -hmm. But I guess originally what they were used for was um, before there were Xerox copiers or the old mimeograph machines, if you remember those, people would actually um, sort of make their own carbon copies so to speak Mm -hmm. like this is going way back like you have to kind of think all the way back to i guess they they they're estimating about the 1870s um they would write something with a copying pencil and then they would lay a piece of damp tissue over it and press it down and it would transfer oh man um, of a copy of the document so you imagine somebody who's uh i don't know writing out an order for somebody or writing um, uh, a legal document, you know, instead of having to write it two or three times, you could do this little copying trick and then you could file it away or you could keep a copy so that you knew what you sent in that letter to somebody, all those types of things. So that's really how they got started. And this was before carbon paper even, right? Yeah. Before carbon paper, whole bit, this was how it was done. Yeah. Um, and then, um, a lot of people discovered, Hey, this, because it creates this sort of inky quality, this these pencils could be used for signing documents because you can't really erase them or use water like you can with and, and we've seen it with a uh, fountain pen ink. You know, if you get it wet, a lot of times it'll just vanish completely. Yeah. Um, and these are, you know, 21st century inks. Imagine inks in the 1800s and how easy it would probably be to have it just sort of, you know come right off the paper so people figured out hey these copying pencils are great if i want to write something and i don't want it to to rub off the paper or i want to sign a check or a iou or something and i don't want somebody to change it Hmm. so they they were used for that for a while prior to you know permanent pens and that kind of thing so What what are they made out of from what i understand it's a graphite that's mixed with um another colorant like a some kind of dye Mm. Mm -hmm. so more of a dye you know i i would guess probably because especially with the no blots it comes out so blue it might be like an indigo dye or something yeah um but yeah so there's some material in there to sort of create this and the trick that i always use when i'm using them is i'll lick my finger and rub it just to see what color comes out (laughs) so it's like um there are graphite, blue, and red indelible pencils. There probably have been other colors. I think I've seen a green one as well. And the red ones don't leave much of a, they really stick. So I don't, whatever they're in, whatever dye or ink or whatever is in that, they don't, they don't tend to bleed very much. Some of the graphite ones create more of a washy 
quality when they get wet. Hmm. I'm looking um, at your, your post from 2012 for the Jolly Copying Pencils. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that, that one, there's a green one in there, which is super cool. But yeah, these yeah. don't these don't seem nearly as like dark and as deep as like the Noblots that you had. No, and that was the thing is I kind of went on a hunt um, looking for something because when I found out how rare and hard to come by the Noblots were, I started to get very paranoid about using them. <laughs> uh-huh. I won't tell you how many I have because it's 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 less than a dozen. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so. I kind of have held on to them. And actually today I was, I was writing with one in preparation and I was like, I forgot how much I like. Cause for me, the thing is the, the, um, the graphite on them is very smooth. It writes very easily. And because of the qualities of it for a lefty, you don't really smudge your writing unless you're a sweaty writer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I don't smudge so much. And, and that I really appreciate. Huh. I'm a lefty too. So that's out of luck there. So. Yeah. <laughs> even, even as a righty, I feel like I sweat enough that it would just like bleed over to the right. <laughs> well, I, one of the things I, um, I, uh, discovered a couple of, um, about a month ago when I was at, uh, the spectrum show was an artist named Hector Casanova. I started talking about, like, I love, I love to walk around the spectrum, uh, live art show, um, because it's all these well-known, um, comic book artists and you know people who do uh um animation for disney and pixar and all the i'm like it's just amazing they do uh sci-fi and fantasy book covers it's just this amazing collection of people and they're all just sitting at like basically card tables and you can just walk up and talk to them and so i walk around and i'm like hey what kind of pencils are you using what kind of pens you got (laughs) and they get really excited they're like they whip open their their pencil backs and they show me what they've got and uh we talk so hector was you know we were chit-chatting and i saw him like flipping this gray pencil around and i'm like is that a sanford Noblot? and he's like yes i love these <laughs> and so we totally bonded over it and he actually uses it like a watercolor huh That's so he did these he did these wonderful um figure drawings they have like um they, they have a figure drawing like evening oh, event I, I see that yeah at um spectrum live and so he was drawing with his um Sanford Noblot. And then the next day he was going in and adding water to it to create these sort of washy qualities to it. And he, I mean, we both just wow. like my husband had to walk away. He's like, Oh my God, you guys are ridiculous. <laughs> I'm out of here. But yeah, so it was, it was using the tool in a way that I hadn't, it hadn't occurred to me to use it before. So, so maybe, maybe next, maybe next we need to bring back, you know, we brought back the black wing. Maybe we need to bring back the Noblot. Oh yes. yeah. I'm, I am, there if there's a kickstarter i'm in <laughs> let's do it i know i know lots about making pencils so especially <laughs> kind of we'll just that we'll just ask charles on our facebook yeah. page hey charles <laughs> help us out here yeah no this this is cool i'm looking at the picture on we'll, we'll have a link in show notes but yeah it, it's it is like a watercolor or it kind of reminds me um do you remember those watercolor books from like the eighties that have like little yes. dots with dye and you just paint them with water? They mm-hmm. come off. It kind of looks like, exactly. yeah, it looks like that, but with a pencil drawing over the top. Mm-hmm. Well, and what's so interesting is there are a lot of watercolor pencils and I know you guys don't talk a lot about art supplies, grade pencils, but there's a lot of, but with a watercolor pencil, if you paint over it too long, the the pencil line will actually vanish and it will just become part of the sort of washy pigment. Mm. So the thing that from an artist's perspective about the no blot, that's so cool is that you're never going to lose that line work. Yeah. It's just sort of releasing the, the dye component and mm. leaving your line work. That's cool. 
So. We, we do need to talk about because we're all pretty solidly writers, I think, and yeah. we, we do need to have some artists on. We talked about more. that early on. That's one of our sort of downfalls is that we none of us are gifted artists or <laughs> 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 writers, we, maybe doodlers, but that's about yeah. as far as it goes. Yeah. I'm sure you can find some people. Yeah. I need to look around. I feel like I have this this kind of like metal cap on the end of that noblot. Looks really familiar, but I yeah, the, um, the turquoise drawing pencils have those. Okay, I think that's maybe where I've seen them. They're so pretty. Yeah. Did you say you have some noblots, Johnny? I have an unopened dozen of them, and I can't find them. <gasps> but um, somebody stole them. But they had two friends of mine. They might have steal stolen them. Um, we named that our was little. Me. Our combo. <laughs> our combo is called 100 bucks a dozen after that dozen of pencils. Yeah. Although I think they're, they're a lot more than $100 a dozen now. Yeah. They're, I, I would guess, I mean, I, today before we did the podcast, I, I went online just to look, and the prices range between $13.50 and $40 for one pencil. What? Wow. That's I know. Crazy. I mean, they're cool. They're not that cool. <laughs> not 40 bucks cool. I there was one on there, and I don't know if it's still there, so I'm going to go ahead and fess up. But somebody had a lot of pencils, a um, bunch of vintage pencils. Some of them were just like old colored pencils and a few other things, some copying pencils. And I think there were three or four no-blots in there. A couple were sharpened, a couple weren't, for like 40 bucks. And I, it was all I could do not to click the buy it now button. Hmm. Like, <laughs> well, I have to go home and see how many I have. <laughs> well, I'm not going to put that link in show notes. Thank so. you. They'll have to find it on their own. <laughs> if you want there. it, if you want it, then you'll have to find it. That's awesome. So, um, so. what are, what are some of the some of the modern equivalents? We talked about the Jolly copying pencil a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I think it's pencil things carries several varieties, and so I think they actually offered a packet of um, various um, copying and indelible pencils, and so mm. I actually bought the whole set mm. and pretty much every single one that they carried. So they have... Um, I, I can tell you that uh, that link that you had on your blog to Pencil Things is broken. Oh, um, I'm sorry. Uh, no, I don't think it's your fault. I think, I mean, from when you posted that original post in uh, 2012, Pencil Things has really, really changed, uh, in my opinion, for the worse. Uh, oh, I actually, no kidding. I, I actually used to. Uh, that's how I got my start in pencil blogging. Was I was I did the pencil things blog. Um, so they used to have an amazing selection. They used to carry those um, those Mongols, uh, the Philippine made Mongo Mongols, and they were awesome. But yeah, they've they've taken kind of a turn for the worse, and and they do. It does not look like they have that anymore. Yeah, I the found website. the link. Oh, you found a link. You I you did. did find it. Okay. Yep. Okay. Here they are. Nice. So the website kind of looks like it's run by like an elementary school after school program. Or oh something. yeah, <laughs> this website is not has not changed since two thousand seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's it's not pretty. <laughs> okay, well these are these are cool. There, there's a Musgrave indelible pencil that they sell. There is a pencil things select, so like a house brand indelible mm-hmm. pencil, and that's one of the ones that I tried. Mm-hmm. I think that was where I got the the red. The blue and the green ones yeah. came from that. Oh, they oh have a, yes. The Com- 10-piece trial kit for twelve fifty. which is what the, I did. They have the signature uh, Pencil Things Comic Sans on them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> a really nice pencil. I actually have a set of uh, uh, Pencil Things 
he, he was trying to make these really cool, like little, um, they kind of look like that same pencil that you find in the, um, the Duraflame, like with the, the end cap and, and they're these really nice round pencils with like a dyed black wood. And they're just like really gorgeous, except for pencil things is in comic sans. Mm, <laughs> just like, yeah. well, one, uh, one that does have nice, um, a nice stamp on it is the, uh, Brevelier urban copying pencil. It's an Austrian brand mm. and it does a two sided red blue. Hmm. Nice. So it, it's in one of the. Oh, I see, I see your note. Got. Yeah. Australian red blue. Have to look at this. Oh, yeah. That's lovely. So that one is aesthetically appealing. Yeah. The um, Harvest Thick red and blue combination number 725 is also it also has very vintage hmm. i'm holding it up so you guys can see it can you see it yeah it looks oh, good very nice. <laughs> yeah, it's nice. yeah that's awesome but <laughs> yeah i you know it was one of those things i went down the path and i tried a bunch of them and i wasn't super satisfied with any of them the jolly copying pencil was close but um when it gets wet it got, kind of goes a little more um greenish which normally you'd think i'd like Mm-hmm. But I'm so attached to the sort of wonderful turquoise aqua that the Sanford Noblats turn when they get wet. Yeah. That hmm. I have a few. I'll hold on to them for most purposes. I don't really need an indelible pencil. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I do like, I mean, if if there was a massive quantity available of Sanford Noblats at $7 a dozen, that would, would probably be all I use. <laughs> cool. Yeah, these are these are nice. So... I'm, I might have. I apologize if I missed this, but with a Noblot pencil, how? What What is the point like? Like, how fine of a point do you get it to? Or like, is it usually like a rounded end? Um, I got pretty sharp points on mine. Mm-hmm. I usually used um, a hand sharpener just because I did not want to chomp them up. Yeah. Um, so I just use a little, you know, the classic silver cum. Sure. And get a really nice point. And they, for as dark, they're not really that dark. They're about the, I mean, aesthetically when they're on paper, not much darker than a 2B. Mm-hmm. But they're very smooth. And they do have a little bit of a bluish cast on the paper. Um, but they, they keep their point for a pretty long time, I find. Yeah, definitely. But they're, uh, they're toxic, apparently. Like, if you get the point under your skin, it goes to chronic, like a, a brand recluse spider bite. Holy crap. You've got to go what? to the hospital and get it removed. Yeah. Are you making this stuff I, up? No, I, I, um, <laughs> I was sharpening an indelible uh, carpenter pencil this weekend, and the dust got everywhere, and I like kind of freaked out because I had cuts in my hands. No, I'm going to die. <laughs> but there, <laughs> there was a thing about like copy pencils where if you got the point like stuck in your arm, you'd have to go to the hospital and get it cut out or you know, cut it out with your pencil knife or something. <laughs> <laughs> it was, you'd get like... I, just I go all... Just go all like yeah. bear grills on you and just like start slashing away at your gnaw off your arm. <laughs> <laughs> Try to rob me, boy. <laughs> wow. So I wonder what that yeah what that pigment is that do, that, that does that. It's some, it's some sort of aniline dye. It's really corrosive. Huh. Wow. Yeah, I don't know. I, just, I don't know what's no blot. Maybe theirs is a little nicer because they're pretty. They are pretty. They make a nice color. Yeah, and Faber Castell makes some, but. I don't know if you can buy them outside of Germany. Matthias sent me a couple, and they're, like, beautiful. They're really smooth, and uh, they have colors. Isn't it the 9100 and a half? Isn't that what they're yeah, called? Yeah, it's like that. 
Yeah, they have a like, <laughs> graphite one, uh, blue, green, and red. And then the colors are. They look just like the the nine thousand series pencils, yeah. except at some point they say copying or indelible mm-hmm. or something on them. Oh, I see. It and says Mattel. Yeah, they're so pretty. They really are pretty. I, I would really love to find one. I was looking for them and I can't find them either. There's there's a seller on Amazon that has dozens of the red ones, but just red. But the mm. red ones are very pretty. It's very red. You could grade papers with them and scare children. <laughs> like they sweat on there. Like, oh no, it's bleeding. <laughs> I just put a picture of that in in um, the notes here. The that uh, ninety one hundred and a half. Do you pronounce it? Uh, the they make the triangular pencil, the Koinur. Yeah. Koinur. Koinur. Okay. Is anybody it, have you used it, those it, indelible pencils? No, I haven't. Because that I, I just searched it on Amazon. That was the first one that popped up was blue copying indelible pencil by Koinur. Oh. It's, it's on Prime. I have one of those. They're not very 16. good. Uh, okay. They're waxy. Okay. That, Some of them the, do the go a little waxy. Yeah. Nothing compares to. The blot. it's so pretty. I have a couple that are half used, and I guard them very closely. Plus, I'm paranoid that my daughter's going to stab herself in the arm and have to go out. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's all talk about the time that Charlotte lost her arm. <laughs> she used to have a hand. <laughs> and she used a pencil. Suddenly, Johnny becomes like, you know, just jaded to pencils, and he starts like an anti-pencil movement. Yeah. Yeah. Bitch it's still called pencil revolution, but it's just about like counter revolution, getting, getting rid of all <laughs> yeah. the pencil <laughs> pencil counter revolution. I love it. <laughs> like sharpen them onto a box and set it on fire. And <laughs> Speaking of uh, Koenor guys, um, our magic erasers on the are on the way. Ooh. Yay! From the UK, so I'll. Uh, uh, when when we have that, I'll definitely talk about it in the show and post some pictures because it is. Uh, look up the um, Koenor magic erasers; they are super cool. They're not like those magic erasers that you use to get, like you know, marker off walls. They're <laughs> Mister Clean. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're made of like mysterious chemicals that are probably just as bad as indelible pencils. But, uh, <laughs> so, any it does make any, me wonder if 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 that. Um, changing the chemicals is what's made some of the modern copying pencils maybe not as fun, fun. Yeah. <laughs> color-wise yeah. as the, uh, the older ones because they've had to correct a lot of the, the dyes to not be toxic. They used to be made of lead and asbestos. That was all yeah. they were made of. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, especially if they were from like the 1870s when everything was just like unregulated and made of like – the most poisonous stuff you can, yeah, the most poisonous stuff you can think of. We've bottled bubonic plague and we put it in this pencil. <laughs> but it makes such a pretty blue. <laughs> so, so it's all right. Yeah. So, uh, any any other interesting uses for indelible pencils that anybody's run across, or you know, questions for Anna about them? Um, I read somewhere that the British military was buying. Uh, I don't know, some giant percentage of the American-made indelible pencils during one of the world wars before ballpoint pens. Hmm. That makes me happy. Yeah. I can like, see you that. You need a ballpoint pen, you need a no-blot. <laughs> it's, it's like the, the you know, Russian space pen. Yeah, but way cooler. <laughs> <laughs> but the same, same idea. Yeah. Like, oh, I love this pencil. <laughs> that was your British <laughs> accent. There's a... There's our tag man, our tagline for the episode right there. 
I know it's just pencil. I have to find the the mark for that. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> you can't erase it. <laughs> uh, that's your. Is that your Mike Hurley impression? No, 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 no. Don't don't come find me and beat me up, Mike. Yeah, I'm a peaceful man. It's your, it's your Michael Caine impression. Michael Caine. <laughs> See, it works. <laughs> it does work. It's perfect. We, we were talking in the uh, – uh, Anna enlightened us that in, during the break that uh, if you want to say Michael Caine's name like Michael Caine would say it, you just say my cocaine uh, in a British Mike, accent. Yep. Mike Cocaine or my cocaine? My cocaine. My cocaine. Oh, nice. My cocaine. <laughs> my cocaine. <laughs> Hello, I'm my cocaine. <laughs> okay. Exactly. I think this show has has just degraded. It's, it's officially evolved. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we've been at it for like two and a half hours. Yeah, exactly. It's been a really enjoyable evening. It has. It's been yeah. it's been fun, and I, I swear to you, Anna, that I don't usually not record my podcast. <laughs> we were we were like four hours into the first episode, and then you told us, "Yeah, I, I forgot to hit the." I don't have a computer, button. guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on a payphone right now. <laughs> Where did you find a payphone? <laughs> I have no idea. All right. Um, well, I'm I, sorry, I, I cut Anna, I cut Anna off in that right there. I think that's a, that's okay. My my drink was down to acceptance anyway. Okay. <laughs> I think we have to put a picture of this glass in the show notes. All right, I'll, I'll take care of that. <laughs> Um, yeah, so anything else before we let Anna go and, and end this t- terrible episode? <laughs> this awesome episode. I think that's it for me. Okay. Yeah. Well, Anna, thank you so, so very, very, very much for coming thank on the you, show. Thank you, thank you, thank you, yeah. and, thank you. Uh, we will, it's great to be here. We will have you again, on again soon, and if you have any pencil topics that you, you know, want to talk to people about, please let me know, and you can be on the very next episode, so... Awesome. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Uh, how can people find you on the inter- internet? Um, you can find me at wellappointeddesk.com, and there are links to all the other social networks I can be found. Very cool. All right. So uh, wellappointeddesk.com, everybody. Um, I am Andy Welfley. I'm the editor of Woodclinched. You can find me at woodclinched.com um, or uh, at woodclinched on Twitter. Um, Johnny, how can people find you? I am on the interwebs at PencilRevolution.com. And on your handy smartphone, I am at Pencilution on Twitter and Johnny Gamber, all one word, on Instagram. Cool. Tim? You can read my reviews and writings about pencils and pens and those sorts of things at TheWritingArsenal.com. I'm on Twitter at WritingArsenal. And I'm on Instagram at TheWritingArsenal. Very cool. And uh, the Erasable podcast, you can find it at erasable.us. Uh, if you want to find us on Twitter, it is uh, at Erasable Podcast. And then we are now on Facebook in a group that is amazing, and you should all join at um, yes. facebook.com slash groups slash Erasable. And there will be a link on the website to that. So thank you, everybody, for joining us. You have been listening to the Erasable podcast. Even though we have been talking about indelible pencils, uh, we're still Erasable. And uh, you all have a good day.